Shalom Aleichem. Welcome, everyone. Uh, it's a schus and to be here to join you. Thanks to the uh, Walder Science Institute and uh, as well as to Yishurun. Um, and uh, it's a very fitting occasion to get to get together. We we're, we should be getting handouts coming coming pretty soon, uh, just with the overall outline of what we're going to be discussing, so that no one has to worry about trying to remember or, or write something down on a napkin. Um, so they're they're going to be at the beam over here for you, um, and so we could just sit, think, relax, take a step back, try to understand. This, we're about to witness a historic moment. Um, these things come every every couple hundred years or so, depending on uh, many different variables. So uh, an opportunity, an opportunity to see something great. And as we know, in Yiddishkeit, everything is an opportunity to try to take a deeper look at life and to try to understand what's going on, what it's all about, to be able to appreciate what we're about to see. So I just want to start off with a, with a fascinating Gemara. The Gemara in Sukkah says that the great luminaries, which means the sun and the moon, are hit because of four things. Now, hit means uh, they're, they're, str- they're struck, stricken. It means uh, either a solar eclipse or a lunar eclipse. So the, the eclipses of the great luminaries happen because of four things, four, namely four averas. One is an av beisdin, uh, the, the head judge of, of a, of, of a beisdin who passes away and nobody cares, no, no one bewails him, no one, no one says a eulogy that is fitting to talk about wh- who this man was. Number two is an engaged girl who screams out in the city from uh, an assault, from an assailant, and no one comes to her rescue. And number three is on relations between a man and a man. Unfortunately, a, we live in a country where that is not so uncommon. And, uh, and finally, on two brothers that are murdered together at the same time. So four very strange, interesting, uh, various or bad events that as a result of these, the great luminaries are, are hit, meaning the solar and lunar eclipses happen. Now at this point, hopefully every thinking person who has a little bit of a background in the sciences is thinking, one second, I respect the sages tremendously, and obviously all their words are filled with wisdom, but don't we all know that the, uh, whether it be a solar eclipse or a lunar eclipse, that it's a result of the constant motion of the bodies, of the celestial bodies, and periodically one, uh, the, what we're about to experience is that the moon is about to come in between the earth and the sun, 
and and thus obstruct the sun. So it, it's a matter it's a matter of uh, of mathematics calculating the next one that's going to be. So how can the sages say that it's that it's a product of a virus of transgressions, which is a free will decision that is up to people? We can tomorrow choose not to do those avarus. And then what would happen? The, the heavenly bodies would, would, would change around their, their, their movement. Seemingly, it's not a result of free will. Seemingly, it's, it's just that this is how the world is. So why are the sages, is this, is this superstition over here? Is this coming from a dark ages, a, a, a lack of understanding of how the world is built? This type of a question, unfortunately, is not the first time that this question is being asked. The Maharal of Prague, lived, one of the Gdole of Klausel, lived in Prague 450 years ago. He records this question as being asked by many Jews, perplexed about what in the world were the sages thinking. Don't they know? Didn't they know? So obviously, what we need to do is we need to take a step back and we need to reassess some of our basic underlying assumptions. Let's just first of all understand who we're talking about. The Gemorian Shabbos, Daf Ein Hayamud Aleph, says that the, when the Posak says, Posak and Dvorim, that we just saw recently, that the Torah, it is your wisdom and your understanding in the eyes of the nations. So the Gemorian Shabbos tells us that refers specifically to the sages' tremendously deep understanding of astronomy and of the movement of the, of the celestial bodies, right? So much so that we know that unlike the non-Jewish calendar, also known as the Gregorian calendar, established by the, by the Christian Roman emperor about uh, something in the area of uh, 500 common era, which was done by their best scientists at the time, right? That Gregorian calendar is deeply flawed. Obviously, the, the issue with the calendar, for those of us that are not big astronomers, we'll just speak out a quick point, the calendar, on the one hand, is trying to deal with a solar year. On the other hand, is trying to stay true to the lunar months. But the lunar months, which supposedly there's 12 of them that fit into, into a solar year, but it's not exactly. It's, it's off by about 10 days. So how do you reconcile the two? That's the difficulty with designing a, a, a brilliant calendar. So the Gregorian calendar... Um, is pretty good. They have a leap year every four years, processing. But every year they lose about 10, 10 minutes. And after a thousand years, they were off by 10 days, which means the solar year was still consistent, but the months had nothing to do with the movement of the sun anymore, of the, of the moon anymore. And uh, in around the year 1500, the Pope issued a decree that that's it. Even though you guys all think that today is uh, October 5th, it's actually October 15th. We're jumping 10 days. Okay? That's, that's what they had to do. 
The Jewish calendar has been around for almost 2,000 years, has not needed a single adjustment, and will not need a single adjustment. So the perfection, the deep understanding that the sages had of the, of the movements is such that NASA in 1990 finally managed to nail down the length of a lunar month to be 29.53059 of a day. Which is shockingly similar to the number that the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah and Chav Hei Amad Aleph says, which is 29.53059. So they're all, the NASA went one digit farther. But the Gemara itself is there. It's not, the Gemara says it's not exact. It's not approximation. So. Uh, this is who we're talking about. We're talking about this is your wisdom in the eyes of the Goyim. When they understand how well you know these things, they're going to be blown away. So it can't be that the sages didn't know it. Talmi, the great Greek astronomer of the time, he, he's reported in the, around the year 150 common era to have had pretty accurate mathematics for predicting lunar as well as solar eclipses. Okay? And he's a contemporary of this Gemara, this Chazal. So, Hayitochen, is it possible that Chazal didn't know? How can it be that they had no clue? They were living in the Dark Ages. Can't accept that. What we can do is we can take a step back. Is there any... Uh, any businessman here in the audience who would like to ask a question to a businessman? A hand up, a businessman? Let me ask you a question. Who is the most successful company in your, in your field? So throw out a name for us. Today? Yes. Uh, probably Amazon. Amazon, okay. So if someone said to you, you know what? I'm going to tell you the secret why Amazon is successful. They've got the most customers of anybody in the field. Would you like to hire him as your CFO? Well, the, the man that made this brilliant assessment. No, he, that he hasn't gotten to the root cause. Every right the, the, to say the fact that uh, that they've got the most customers—that's not a big chokhmah. That's, that's the immediate cause. What a Chochom is interested in finding out is the root cause. That's the man you want to hire to be your CFO. Right? Tell me how they got all the customers that they did. So the sages, whatever the sages are talking, they're not going to be bothered to talk to you about you should know that the sun moves like this and, and the moon moves like this. And, and the one's going to stand in front of the other. I see that the moon moves in front of the sun. Why is it that our world is such? And the Gemara there gives us a fascinating analogy. We have to take a look at this analogy. The analogy is a king makes a feast for all of his friends, for all of his servants, 
And then he gets very upset at them. And he says to his, to his uh, assistant, he says, turn off the lights. Let them, let them sit in the dark for a little bit. Now they still all have all the food on the table. They're still all wearing their silken clothes. Not, not much to celebrate, not much to rejoice when the lights are turned off. Says the Gemara, this is what's analogy to what's happening in the world. God built this world. If I hired an electrician to wire the, the lights in this building, and it was a great job, but you know, just one thing, periodically, every six months or so, for about half an hour, the lights go off. Sometimes it falls out in the middle of, uh, of, of Musaf and Shabbos. Sometimes it happens during uh, you know, uh, uh, Mincha on Wednesday. Uh, periodically it happens. I mean, what could he do? He couldn't really... It was based, the system was such that he couldn't control it. Okay, the electrician, we, 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 can, we can forgive him. But the lighting in our world was wired by someone who is a very, very high-level electrician. If the Borei Olam, if the creator of the world is creating a light system, he's putting Shneme Oroz Gdolos, the two great luminaries, Limam Shola, to rule over the world, he's not going to have it that every once in a while, in the middle of the day, it just goes pitch black for half an hour. A glitch in the system like this is completely unacceptable. So what is it? People who used to see a solar eclipse, people could have nervous breakdowns. The sun, the most consistent, the most powerful, the unwavering power that gives life to our whole world. Everything we know lives thanks to the sun, and the sun rises every morning at just the moment it's expected. And it runs its path. And you could have Hurricane Sandy or Hurricane uh, Katrina, right? Doing whatever it's doing. And the sun is just moving through the sun and it couldn't, uh, through the sky. And it's untouched. The sun is the king. The sun is the ultimate ruler he holds the dominion, like the Pesach says, Limam Shalom. The Hashem put the two great Meoros to rule over the world. That's the sun. The sun is the most awesome, the most powerful thing we know. So much so that we know, unfortunately, there's been times that uh, humanity succumbed to the awe of the sun to idol worship. And here we are. We see this awesome power Get struck right in front of us, midday. We're about to see it's going to be Hatzos, the peak of the power of the sun. Can you imagine Donald Trump, six feet and three inches, full of power and confidence, and with the President of the United States of America behind him, walking in here, not in here, somewhere else, and getting slapped by a little thin woman across the face. 
in front of everyone on television. And he's standing there dumbfounded, unable to do anything. It would be, it would be, it would go viral. It would be everywhere, right? Just seeing that slap, whether you're a supporter of Donald Trump or not, but it doesn't make a difference. It's something that would be, would be uh, shocking to see this powerhouse get shown that he's not a powerhouse. That pales into comparison in what we're about to see. That the son, the king, over, the, over Olam Hazet, over this world, is about to get slapped across the face. And so too, with that slap, though, just like Donald Trump getting slapped would be a slap to the whole country, the son getting slapped is a slap to the whole world. It's a simon klala to the whole world, the Gemara says. So this is what we're discussing. But we still haven't gotten to the root cause of it. Why is that? Why did the king get angry at his servants? That he decided to turn off the lights in the middle of their feast. Why is it that God, the great electrician, wired the system badly? So we know there's another bad thing that happens. People plant nice roses, nice flowers, something in the ground. And what happens? Weeds start coming out of the ground next to it. Start choking the roses. Weeds coming out of the ground. Why did God do that? So the Pasuk says explicitly in Parshish Barashas that it's a result of the sin of Adam Arishim. Right? And because you sinned, so weeds and thristles are going to come out of the ground. We are believers of anthropocentrism that man is the central player in the world and whatever man does that impacts the world and the world is drawn after him with Noah we know he, he the generation of Noah ruined their way and because of that the whole world was perverted so much so that all had to be destroyed when the Mauritians sinned the earth was perverted, was ruined. It says the Maharal of Prague, not just the earth. The whole world w- fell. Adam Rishon fell from being an immortal being to being, to being mortal, to, to being a man who has to toil by the sweat of his brow for a piece of bread. And that's going to be reflected in the reality of our world as well. And what better way to reflect that than to have the lights go out? To show that this world is broken. This world is not the world that it was meant to be. It's not always going to be this way. We know that the Pasuk says Hashem will circumcise the heart of man. In the future, man will be made anew without a Yetzirah, the way that Adam Rishon was meant to be. And with that, says the Ramchal, says everybody else, says the Gemara in Sanhedrin, 
that Hashem will recreate the world in you. And the world will be also perfected, the way that man will be perfected. Because the world is a reflection of man. Man is the key figure. And when man sins, then the king gets angry at him, and he says, turn off the lights and let him sit in the dark. Let him realize what he did. So we've said it's a bad omen. It's a bad omen to the whole world. And that's why it's shown as being a result of a virus, of transgressions. Because when man transgresses, it emphasizes this point of the fact that we are lacking. And as we know, the Pasek says that there is no Pasek in Kahelis, Ki Adam ain't tzadik ba'aretz asher yaseh tov There's no such a thing as a man who lives in this world and does not sin. We are creatures of Yetzahara. We fight with it from the moment we wake up until the moment we go to sleep. And even if we do our absolute best, we'll win 99% of of, of our battles. But we live in a world where sin is a part of the reality. And that reality is what causes that also periodically the lights will go out. When we as a humanity change that completely and come to the next world, when we no longer have sin sunken deep into our heart, the world will be perfected as well. But in the meantime, it's a simon it's a, it's a, a bad omen for the whole world. Now we know there's other times in the Jewish calendar that's a bad sign. This is a sign that comes at any part time of the year. It could come could fall in the middle of the winter, could happen in the summer, could happen in the spring, could skip a year altogether. But there's parts of the calendar that are, that are consistent. For example, the 9th of Av, that we just recently went through, that is a bad time for the Jewish people. There's a spiritual influx of negative power into the world. There's a good time for Klausel. Tishrei, Nisan, those are times when there's an influx of Powerful energy to uplift the good in the world. So right now we're about to experience a moment that's a simonra, that's a, that's a bad omen. Bad things could potentially happen when the sun is struck. Why? Because, so to speak, it reminds God of the, of the imperfections that we've put into the world. And so the, the hanhaga, the, the way that God relates to the world, is one of anger. One is saying, turn off the lights. Let them sit in the dark. Let's see how they enjoy their feast like this. Every day has its avoda. Yom Kippur is a time of ace rotson. It's a time of tremendous closeness and it's a time to, to get close to Hashem. Tisha above is a time to understand how far we've fallen. This time is also a time to understand where we are and what's happened. But not only that, it's an opportunity. It's a tremendous opportunity. People in New York will not have this opportunity today. People in Los Angeles will not have this opportunity today. We are being shown something unique. And if you're being shown this, it means it's a message for you. We know the very last words of the Torah are, 
The Moshe Rabbeinu is praised for the Yad Chazaka, for the strong hand that he displayed Le'enei Kol Yisrael in front of the eyes of the whole nation. What did he do in front of the eyes of the whole nation, Moshe Rabbeinu? Anyone? He smashed the Luchus. Why did he do it in, front, in the eyes of the whole nation? He already knew about it back when he was up on Harsinai. Carried these tremendously heavy luchos all the way down the mountain only to smash them there. And the answer is the Munkasal saw the luchos, the symbol of perfection, smashed in front of their eyes. They understood what they'd done. It helped them to do tshuva. Now we know that with Maimed Harsinai, with when Klausel heard the Aseris Adibris, Paska Mehem Zuhama, the poison that the serpent had infused into man with the original sin, left them. We return to the Madrega, to the level of other Mauritians. And when we sinned, it all came back. When we sinned with the Chaita Eagle. So Moshe Rabbeinu said, I have to fix it. I have to break the luchus in front of your eyes. I have to show you what you've done. So you can understand and, and repent. So now we're about to see a Shvir Saluchus. A, a mini Shvir We're about to see what we've done. We're going to see the consequences of the hate of other Mauritians. And of Klausel with Cheda Eagle, and since then, and we're going to see with our own eyes how broken of a world we live in. Even the lights don't work well. Not even the lights don't work well. The light that should be doesn't work well. That's a time for tshuva, that's an opportunity. It's a tremendous opportunity. A reminder that this is not where we're meant to be. This is not comfortable. This is not okay. And when we sit in the dark, we have to remind ourselves we're, we're, we're at the king's table. We're at the king's table. And he turned off the lights. When he turns the lights back on, Let's behave differently. Let's, 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 let's give them a reason that there shouldn't be any more another eclipse. Any questions? First of all, I want to thank everyone. Thank everyone very much for coming. You came in late, right? Okay. So uh, you might I'll, I'll 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 explain it to you after afterwards because that, that was the, that was the first part. Okay. Also, if anyone missed anything, this will be uh, this the recording will be posted on the uh, on the Coles website, um, aterasami.org. Okay. Um, so Thank you for reminding me. Yes, I, I, uh, I do. Uh,
the, uh, sorry, the question was, do we have any insight why specifically these four transgressions from 613 or more? So it's a great question. Um, yes, the morale in Bergola, uh, Ber Shishi, Perik Base, discusses it at length. Also in Drush Ala Torah, he discusses it. Um, there, we are toying with the idea of maybe making a follow-up more in-depth shear uh, at the Kolal uh, later this week to, to go into it, but it's, it's, it's a little bit more involved uh, than, than the venue allows for. Why is it not bracha made? So uh, it's, a, it's a good question. We are used to periodic things making a bracha when something comes every once in a while. Um, it, the case being that here it's a simon klola, it's a negative sign. It's a if if when the king turns off the light, the servants go, "Ah, oh, so great! We were very very happy that you turned off the lights." That would be that would be inappropriate. Meaning, we, on the contrary, a bracha is something that is a sign of appreciation and a, and, a, and a gratitude that we've uh, we've experienced something uh, something great. Damage you could do, but lightning is not necessarily a display of, of, of the world malfunctioning. In fact, if anything, lightning, according to the Ramchal's writings, um, it depicts a connection of the heavens and the earth. Right? There's all this awesome energy up in the heavens, right? And it connects down to the ground, illuminating the whole night. Right? That's great. That, that, that's, that's awesome. You can illuminate the whole night if you can manage to combine the heavens and the earth. There's, it's, uh, in, that, there's, in, in that we see the awesomeness of, 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 uh, of God and his creation. Here it's, uh, it's something that, that, that we draw, draw back from. But it's a very good question. I, I definitely should have addressed it. Yeah, there's, there's. Yeah, you're, you're right. It happens. I mean, I don't know. You see it across the country. I thought it was doing like a diagonal slice, but I'm not a big. I'm not a, a claiming to be an expert in, in it. Uh, but uh, there are solar and lunar eclipses happening throughout the world. If you were to, you know, track throughout the whole world, you would pick up on solar and lunar eclipses happening throughout the world, and all of that is a sign that humanity across the whole world. That's true, but here's a hashkalah klolos. Meaning, here is a simon laolam. Okay, hashkalah fine. Sorry, someone had a hand over. That, 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 that is true, that is the, the Gemara on that same page does say that as well, but, the, but that, that, the, the Gemara here says... I mean, can you repeat the question? 
I apologize. The question was that the, isn't it true that a solar eclipse is, is uniquely bad for the Goyim and a lunar eclipse is uniquely bad for the Jews? So that is, the Gemara there, on Sukkot of Haftas Aleph, does say that. However, the Gemara also says it's a, simon, it's a bad sign for the whole world. And that is because the, the whole world as a whole is imperfect. Now, it's imperfect whether the sun or the moon is getting hit. Why the sun or the moon? The sun is usually more associated with the, with the nations of the world. For example, they keep their calendar more according to the sun. The sun is more um, the king over Teva, over nature. We are more, we are uniquely uh, connected to the moon. The, the, our calendar is, is according to the moon. Uh, so, so it's more uniquely message for, for Klaus of the moon. But again, that same Gemara does say that the locus hamoros is a simon klololo olam. It's a bad sign for the whole world as a whole. Now you start getting into details, which one is more uniquely custom-tailored for one or the other is true. It's a very valid point, but doesn't take away that it's a simon klololo for the whole world. So Birkas Achama is a, is a little bit of a different... Dis- <coughs> the question was, why do we make a Birkas Achama? Uh, so th- that that's a, has to do with the fact that, really, if you look at the sun at that point, nothing seemingly has changed, just that we calculated it that the sun is in exactly the position that it was in when the world was created, which means it's like the birthday of the sun. We say to Hashem, Hashem, thank you that you created the sun, that you... That, that you, that you I'm sorry? On a random Wednesday, Yom Rabin, you said the same thing with the moon. What, every, every 28 years, you're not saying? Every Wednesday, but whatever Wednesday will be. So if we Here, why, why is there, not, why is there not, a, not a bracha on the moon? Okay, good question. I don't, I don't know that question. Why is there no birka salavana? I mean, I mean we, make a new, we make a new bracha, maybe, maybe because we make a new bracha on the moon, on the new moon every month, so it would be a little bit redundant to also make a bracha for the initial putting up on the sun. There is no broke on this renewal, so every 28 years when it's in the same position. But obviously there's more to discuss over here. One second, we just get a little few people in the back. It, the, the question was, why is it in, in the United States and, and not in Israel or, or maybe in other parts of the world? So uh, I will uh, defer to my colleagues in the Walder uh, Science Institute for where it's happened. My understanding is that if you kind of track it around the world, periodically you do see them across the world. And yeah. So okay. Ah, yes. So the, the truth is that there are, the Gemara there does discuss that the location does matter, that obviously the location is a symbol to what's happening. But again, we have to remember that this is something that was mathematically predictable from 500 years ago. Uh, a good mathematician could have sat down and told you that today in Chicago we're going to be seeing a nearly full 
solar eclipse. So it has to be more the concept, the concept that in America too there's this problem. And when the solar eclipse comes, that's a bad sign for America, for this area, because at this moment the spiritual influxes, like we spoke about Tisha B'Av, I can predict when Tisha B'Av is going to be. It's going to be next year in about, you know, in about 11 months, right? But uh, it doesn't change the fact that when it does happen, it's going to be a, a negative spiritual influx. Um, I, I attended a shir over Shabbos that related to this as well. And Mother Gemara talks about lushing of, of uh, the moon being struck or hit. And most of the China, um, from the Yark Planary, I think, speaks at, at length in terms of the concept of it being an eclipse. Where we understand Ibishitz holds that it's sunspots and not an eclipse. And that would explain a lot in terms of why, since sunspots are not predictable, that would explain a lot why that could be something which would indicate a simon clove. Okay, an interesting thought from your... your always leave it to Revealing Saivishes to propose a new original approach. Yeah? That's why we have no. Sorry, let's, 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 let's just correct. Sorry, I, was, I, I must have been too brief. The question is: the Gregorian calendar needs uh, periodic adjustment. Like I said, it happened in the 1500s, uh, 10-day adjustment. Um, so it's being pointed out that the Jewish calendar also needs adjustment. That's where we have the uh, that's where we have the leap month. So what what uh, what uh, the Gregorian calendar and the Jewish calendar both have inbuilt leap years or leap months or whatever it is, meaning they're both aware of the fact that you can't let the solar year go as it is and the lunar year go as it is, and the two of them will not stay in tune because they're off by about 10 days a month, 10 days every year. 10 days every year. So the, Gregor- the adjustment that the Gregorian calendar made diminished it down from 10 days a year down to 10 minutes a year. So that's pretty good. But over the course of a thousand years, those 10 minutes grew to 10 days. Whereas the Jewish calendar's adjustment is such that it does not need further artificial tinkering with. It doesn't need to have a decree and say, you know what, we're just going to jump 10 days over here um, from October 5th to October 15th. That, that, was, that was my point. I apologize for not being clear. Anyone else? Oh, uh, the balcony as well. Okay. Okay, so the question is um, about the, the, why is it that we do make a bracha on a rainbow of Zohar Bris when seemingly that's, when seemingly that's also a, uh, a, a negative meaning, Hashem is uh, potentially about to destroy the world. Um, we're making a bracha on that, we're not making a bracha on the solar eclipse. Um, obviously, at the, you know, 
at the end of the day, we're, we're, we're going with what Hazal made it a Takana and what not, but I think perhaps uh, there's a very strong distinction to make. On a rainbow, we're, we're saying thank you uh, we're saying thank you to Hashem that he's remembering the bris and not destroying the world. means it's a bracha of thank you for remembering the bris and not destroying the world. We're happy about that. Here, we're, we're, not, we're, not, seeing any, we're, not, we're not seeing Hashem taking a, uh, taking a stance of compassion and forgiveness. Here, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a strike. Okay, thank you very much, everyone. Just, uh, everybody, they go upstairs to see the...